Hi, this is Anna Marie, and you are listening to My Dad's Walk, where he will share some of his most valuable lessons he has learned while walking with Jesus Christ. Over to you, Dad. Thank you, Anna Marie. Uh, my name is Greg Bouton, and I'm on a walk. I'm just throwing out seeds and sharing my thoughts along the way. Thank you for joining me and taking a walk with me. We have a special guest today, Grace Ann Bouton, who is my daughter, amongst many other things. And today she's going to share what she has learned all along her walk with Christ as well. Well, let's get started. Well, we are here with Grace Ann Bouton, and uh, she's a wonderful person, and she is joining us to share some of her thoughts uh, just about things that she's learned and how they've applied to kind of her life and her, the way she views Christ and her walk with Christ. And um, welcome, Grace. How are you doing Hi. today? And would you like to kind of just uh, introduce yourself and tell a little bit yeah. about yourself? Yeah. So I just recently graduated within the past like six to eight months from college and I got my nursing and my public health degree. I recently moved to the beach and I've just been doing nursing down here. So yeah, I moved here probably a couple months ago. And so I've just been kind of like learning more about like what it looks like in this season of life for me and kind of this chapter of a lot of change going on with growing and a new job, new location, new community. So yeah, that's kind of what's been going on. Very nice. Yeah. Sounds like you're going through a lot of transition in your life Mm -hmm. right here, going from one chapter to another chapter, I guess. Yeah. Well, we've been talking over the last uh, few weeks or so, just recently, just about how, how we have grown as Christians uh, from reading the Bible. Like I read something and I think about it, I uh, pray about it and, and allow God to speak with me. And then uh, we grow from that. So we're just kind of uh, interviewing people and seeing how, if you've had experience like that or what kind of, uh, what you would like to share, uh, if yeah. anything. Yeah. Okay. Um, I feel like that is such a, uh, which I said this earlier when we were talking, but it's such a broad question to ask about like, oh, well, like what, what in the Bible have you read and it, you know, changed your yeah. life or been practically applied? And it's kind and of the like, the correct answer is, um, yeah, the whole Bible. Yay! Well, I'm going to jump into one of my favorite books, which is Ecclesiastes. And I feel like it's, I, I mean, I just read it for the second time a couple of weeks ago and I feel like it's just been on my heart a lot lately. And the Lord's just been teaching me a lot through it. This book is kind of like a a book of uh, wise words and it's believed to be written by King Solomon. And so I kind of looked more into like the context of like the author, King Solomon. And he was, you know, the third King of Israel. He ruled for 40 years, but he was also known for his wisdom and wealth and power. And in perspective, I tried looking up like, Oh, what's it? What was his net worth? Like, how much money did you know he actually have? His net worth would have equaled about around 2.1 trillion, which mm. obviously is a lot. So, a lot. you know, <laughs> so looking at this book and like how it was written, it's the author is someone who had this wealth and this power. And like he was in a position where, you know, he could have probably anything he wanted. So I have to keep that in the back of my mind when I'm reading this. And I think one big thing that I have to also keep in mind as I'm reading this is like a fear of God um, and also like a hope in him because this book kind of talks repetitively on all being vanity and how life is a vapor and how we should take refuge in him. And like, we won't understand everything in this life. And so it's kind of like a, a hope of like, we can put our understanding 
and or like kind of this okayness of not understanding exactly everything because we're not God and we're not meant to know everything right now. So the two times that I read Ecclesiastes, um, I think I had a different way of looking at each time I was reading it, like a different viewpoint. I really like this book just because I feel like it's given me a different perspective and kind of just like a different way of like an outlook on life. So the first time that I, I read through it, I was kind of more looking at it in a pessimistic way. And the second time was more of an optimistic view. So going into kind of like the first time I read it, what I gained from it, I think, is like God was speaking to me was talking more about like our desires and how they aren't fulfilling or as satisfying as we expected. I mean, I wrote down two key verse points, I guess, that can point towards that. Um, Mm -hmm. Ecclesiastes 5.10, which is whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. Mm. And then if we jump over to 6, 7, it says everyone's toil is for their mouth, yet their appetite is never satisfied. And so I think for us, we look towards a point, whether it be power or wealth or status or career position, wisdom, um, being a spouse or a parent or whatever else you know it may be, I feel like we often think we'll be satisfied or have this sense of happiness once we hit this like high point of what we want to gain and we get there and it's it's kind of empty and we expect more so we reach even further and further and it's just like nothing is filling us up nothing is fulfilling and it it's almost as if the expectation of how we think we'll feel at those points are greater than the actual feeling you have when you get there And, you know, I really related to it the first time I was reading it because that's, you know, what I was gathering from it of, you know, life being meaningless, which it doesn't mean it doesn't matter. But um, it's just it's talking about when you put that as priorities, which I'll get into about, you know, the second time I was reading it. It just it talks about if you put those into your like if that is your highest priority or if you're trying to do this life and you're not leaning or you're not having this fear of God and this hope in God, like it can very much kind of crumble beneath you. Yeah. And so, but I related to it because I think for me in my life, there's definitely been times where I've, you know, put like wealth or status or whatever mm. point these um, worldly kind of uh, temporary things like on a pedestal. For example, I wanted to be known and I wanted to be liked by others. So for me, I did whatever it took to reach this status because that's what I thought was important at the time. I thought, you know, having this uh, status where everyone knows you, everyone likes you, this kind of like popularity that it would make me feel better. I would put my value in it and I would make myself like my identity was in that. And I did that. But once I got to that point where I was like, oh, I feel like I'm, you know, everyone knows me, everyone likes me, whatever else. And I did whatever it took to get to that point. I think I realized I was very depressed and I couldn't understand why I wasn't satisfied when I had gotten where I wanted with my status. Yeah. And it's because it was, I was trying to do this all within my own power. And I didn't realize, you know, it was just empty. Like, so to look at the perspective of King Solomon, who, you know, he has everything, he's wealthy, he's a king, you know, Mm -hmm. he's powerful and he's at this highest point and he's like, this too is meaningless, you know? Yeah. And so the second time, and that's how I, I viewed it the first time, very kind of like pessimistic feeling of, uh, you know, meaningless, meaningless. meaningless. Yeah. So the second time was a little more optimistic and a little more about enjoying things and like joy and like the gifts of the Lord. 
And so these things, wisdom, careers, being a parent, status, wealth, whatever, worldly things are gifts from God. And I think what I kind of, like what he spoke to me through reading it the second time is, you know, it's a beautiful thing to enjoy his gifts and his creation with him. Um, and without him, without, you know, fearing him or trusting in him, it's meaningless. And it talks in Ecclesiastes about we return to dust after this vaporous life. So don't give these non-eternal or temporary things high priority in your heart, but it is okay to enjoy them. He wants us to enjoy them, but like alongside him. So I think for us, we need to shift our focus onto eternal things because Mm. when you desire something like you have to think kind of forwardly about how it's going to fill you up. Like even with me, with this status, like, and I can fall into this now where I, I start thinking too much ahead of like, Oh, my career point or, Oh, like when I become a parent or, you know, become a spouse, all those things. Like I'm I'm like, wow, I'm going to be so happy when I reach that point, but it's kind of like, okay, but I, that is not the priority of my heart, you know, because once I reach that point, I feel like I start to have this expectation of this feeling that I'm going to have once I reach it. And it's, it's not going to be as good. I don't know how to describe this. It won't be be the end point. Like you'll know that there's, it's not the end point and it's not going to be this all satisfying thing because, you know, I think God fills our satisfaction and he, he is the fulfilling part of that and so yeah i guess that's kind of what i got from this book and there's a lot more in ecclesiastes and i feel like every time you read like anything in scripture anything in the bible he just reveals more and more to you and i think that's something that's really cool about the bible is because it's his word and since god is so you know infinite and we're very finite creatures like we can only comprehend so much but like rereading it and every time you read it i feel like he just reveals something more um either about oh, yeah. us or about himself. Oh, um, definitely. But yeah. mm-hmm. so it's amazing was... how each time you read it, like the difference between the two times you read it and right. how it really, you just got a different message, like a different vibe from it each yeah. time. You know, the first time you st- it was valuable each time, but it spoke to you in different ways. Right. Each time. Yeah. I thought about like the word deception. Like we talk about how there's a deception in this world. Like we tend to be deceived. And I think one of the deceptions is that uh, we are tempted to think that in these things, there is true life and God and in Christ, that is true life. But it's kind of like we're being tempted to think that here are these things. This is where real life is. It's in that new car or new house, the bigger thing, the promotion, the status, that's where you're going to find real life. Right. We we don't, you know, there's the deception that when you get those things, you're, you realize, oh, this isn't real life. You know, I don't, I don't feel like I'm fulfilled and satisfied. And, um, and, you know, we see people who have, they took their whole lives and working for these things. And then they realize, oh, this is meaningless. You Mm -hmm. know, we see them in the news and the headlines and they, you know, unfortunately they take their own life because they realize it's meaningless. I think, you know, and um, even like CS Lewis, he's one of my favorite authors, but he, uh, he famously put it in a way of uh, if we find ourselves with the desire that nothing in this world can satisfy the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. And so I just 
you know, that's how I felt with reading this. Also, it talks about in Second Corinthians 4.18, you know, fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So oh, yeah, I don't know. I think good. it's kind of like a, a way of, you know, keep your eyes fixed on heavenly things. Yeah. And it's like what Jesus said. He said, um, seek first the kingdom of God and mm-hmm. then all these other things will be yours as well and be given to you. Right. It's, it's like, it's okay to have those things. And you kind of got that the second time you read Ecclesiastes, if I, um, if I heard you correctly, and it's like, it's okay to enjoy these things, right? um, but it's not, it's not correct to think that you're going to ever be satisfied by them or that they are the end end all be all. It's really keeping that relationship with Christ and growing in him and growing in your faith. That's the, the main goal and and like investing in the kingdom and then all the other things you're able to enjoy as well. And God will, will provide you with. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when I, when I first read it and I had that pessimistic view, I feel like almost in turn, I kind of had almost like a legalism in my heart about it because I was like, Oh, well, I can't, enjoy you know anything that's not pointing me back towards christ or i can't like anything in this secular secularized or non-religious um way of like music or tv shows or anything that's like not you know directly quoting from the bible or anything like that and i think it got into my head of like i can't enjoy anything outside of anything non-religious or you know secularized i guess you would say so i think the second time when it's like, it's okay to enjoy those things. I felt a more freedom. And I think like I had a change of looking at it in a legalistic way in a very, like, if I don't do it this way, like God's not going to love me or he's not going to, you know, have favor on me or whatever it may be. But um, I think it gave me a little more sense of freedom of like, it's okay to enjoy those things. Like he created them, you know, just don't forget who the creator was. I think it's kind of like, Hey, like I made this, but I'm going to enjoy it alongside of you. He's not going to just leave us in this like dark place. He's going to enjoy it alongside of us. That's that's, I like how you put that there. Well, we're coming down to the end of it. So I just want to thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your thoughts. Yeah, of course. It's great. We'll have to do it yeah. again sometime. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, I'll talk to you later. I love you, baby. All right. Love you. All right, bye. bye. Thank you for joining us on our walk today. We hope you enjoyed this conversation and perhaps was able to take away some valuable information and something to think about today. If you'd like to leave me a message, please go to anchor.fm slash mydadswalk and you can leave me a voice message. You can also go to mydadswalk at gmail.com and leave me a message, any questions or comments that you have. We'd love to hear from you. All right, until next week. Bye-bye.